You're listening to Calvary La Habra's podcast. For more information, visit us at calvarylh.com. Thanks for listening. Lord, thank you so much for this evening. Thank you that we have the privilege to gather and be together and to study your word. And we just ask for your spirit to meet us here and to your, for your message to go forth, God. And we just love you and praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so um, many of you probably use a setting on your phone that sends you reminders. Um, Sometimes they remind you to wake up or remind you it's time to go to bed or they might remind you of an appointment you have. We all need reminders. And so do the children of Israel. And we're going to look at a few of the reminders that um, God gave them throughout their journey so that they would remember that he was with them as he had promised and um, just like he's with us. And we, if we remember last week in chapter 4 at the end, uh, they spoke about the memorial stones. And those were also used as reminder. We know that God loves reminders. And he knows that we need reminded. So we're going to go all the way back to Exodus 6. We're going to do a quick flyby of just a few of the reminders that God gave them through their journey. Um, and In Exodus 3, God told Moses that the children of Israel would need to prepare to leave Egypt. They had yet to see the plagues, and God had to literally tell Moses in the midst of his doubting, God says to him, I am who I am. This is my name forever, and this, my very name, is a memorial to all generations. Because God knew even before the journey began, that the Israelites would need reminded of the power of the one who sent them, the great I am who I am. Then we see in Exodus chapters 7 through 11, the plagues. They were sent to persuade Pharaoh to let the Israelites leave Egypt. And the last plague was what became the basis for what we know as the Passover. The Israelites were to cover their doorposts with the blood of a lamb. And when the Lord passed through Egypt, killing the firstborn, he would pass over their home that was covered with blood. Exodus 12, 14 says, So this day, referring to the Passover, shall be to you a memorial, and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations. God knew that his people would need a yearly reminder, a celebration, to remember what he had done. Another reminder God gave them of his presence was in Exodus 13, 21. It says, so the Lord went before them by day in a pillar of cloud to lead the way, and by night in a pillar of fire to give them light. God knew the people would forget and doubt, so he showed up in ways that rescued them, protected them, and guided them. Exodus 14 says that he was a wall between the Egyptian army and the Israelites. Exodus 19 says that God came in a cloud so that the people would hear what he had to say to Moses. It also says in Exodus 19 that he came as a fire on the mountain and answered Moses with his voice. Exodus 25, we see that he provided a place for himself in the tabernacle to meet with the people. And this is not even to mention that God showed up when they crossed the Red Sea on dry land, whenever that water that returned swallowed up all of the Egyptian army, and that they ate manna every day that was given to them by God. But despite of all these things, these ways that God showed up and revealed himself to them continually, he reminded them that he was really still in their midst. 
they, they still forgot. They still doubted. And God had promised to be with them during their entire journey. And they still forgot some of the amazing ways he showed up, that he was just in time and just exactly what they needed. And that is exactly what the great I am is. Exodus 23, God had declared that he would send his angel and his fear before them so that the inhabitants of the promised land would turn their backs to them and that he would send hornets to drive out the Hivites, the Canaanites, and the Hittites. They forgot that he had already promised them victory. But, ironically, the Hittites, the Canaanites, and the Hivites did not forget. Many of these stories had already reached their ears, and um, they were very scared. They already knew the reputation of the God of the Israelites, and now they have just witnessed the fact that the Israelites have crossed the Jordan on dry land as well, and they were hoping that that Jordan River would actually hinder the Israelites from coming over into their property. So we now understand briefly with this background a little bit of why our chapter starts with the um, jaw-dropping, I think, (laughs) um, just details of all the kings of the Canaanites, all the kings of the Amorites, and thanks to Rahab, our informant, we know that all the people in Jericho, their hearts had melted and they had lost all the spirit that was in them. So if you remember, these people that they were facing in this land, these enemies, they were very fierce, and they were a feared nation. The Israelites had already turned away from them um, before, back in Numbers 13. They had approached them and had turned around in fear. So they were very intimidated by these people. Now, for us, Romans 10:17 says that when we hear about our God, about who he is and what he does um, through Scripture— that it produces in us faith. But for the enemy, when they hear about our God and the things he does and who he is, it freaked them out, as we see in this situation. It scares them because God's powerful. So that same promised presence of God, which melted the hearts of the enemy, was the same promised presence that offered strength and courage to Joshua and the Israelites. Do not be terrified. Joshua 1.9 says, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Don't you think that sometimes we all need a good reminder of what God has done and what he's promised us, that wherever we go and whatever we do, he's with us, and that the power of his name, I am who I am, is also a promise to us. So, as we begin and read Joshua 5, 1 through 7, we're going to see that Joshua needed yet another reminder. So if you want to turn there, I'm going to read it for us. Verses 1 through 7. So it was when all the kings of the Amorites who were on the west side of the Jordan and all the kings of the Canaanites who were by the sea heard that the Lord had dried up the waters of the Jordan from before the children of Israel until we had crossed over, that their heart melted, and there was no spirit in them any longer because of the children of Israel. At that time, the Lord said to Joshua, 
Make flint knives for yourself and circumcise the sons of Israel again the second time. So Joshua made flint knives for himself and circumcised the sons of Israel at the hill of the foreskins. And this is the reason why Joshua circumcised them. All the people who came out of Egypt who were males, all the men of war had died in the wilderness on the way after they had come out of Egypt. For the people who came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness on the way as they came out of Egypt had not been circumcised. For the children of Israel walked 40 years in the wilderness till all the people who were men of war who came out of Egypt were consumed because they did not obey the voice of the Lord to whom the Lord swore that he would not show them the land which the Lord had sworn to their fathers that he would give us, a land flowing with milk and honey. Then Joshua circumcised their sons whom he raised up in their place, for they were uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. So the Israelites have been instructed to circumcise every male child on the eighth day after birth. That's back in Genesis 17. Circumcision was an outward expression or a reminder of the fact that they belonged to God. They were a covenant people with God. And only Israel used this as a way to show um, the fact that they followed God. Most other nations used it as a sign of adulthood. And we see here in Joshua 5 that this command had been disregarded for the past 40 years during their journey in the wilderness. And this was very offensive to the Lord, and it was an act of disobedience. Circumcision stood as a physical reminder, a memorial, if you will, of being God's covenant people, of his desire to have a relationship with the Israelites, of being set apart, different. But that's not all. Let's read verses 8 and 9 of Joshua 5. So it was when they had finished circumcising all the people that they stayed in their places in the camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, This day I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Therefore, the name of the place is called Gilgal to this day. In Joshua 5.9, we have this statement from God. Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. What is the reproach of Egypt? Even though the many years in, um, that the Israelites were in Egypt, it, they were very disgraceful. It was a very disgraceful time, very humiliating time. They were in bondage and they were misused and mistreated. And some, they had even adopted some of the um, practices of idolatry that were uh, there in Egypt. It's easy to think that these were the things that caused the reproach or the shame that's referred to. But the main connection we have here is the act of circumcision. It was such a big deal to God that um, this is what he qualified as the reproach or the disapproval, this lack of circumcision that had taken place during their time in the wilderness. So after Joshua had circumcised all the males, God removed that reproach or shame. He's definitely a God who wants his people to have a heart to follow and obey him, a circumcised heart. So what is God saying to them by this rolling away of the reproach? This place called Gilgal literally means rolling. This day, it says, this day, today, I have rolled it away. I've sent it running, sent it packing, gotten rid of it as far as the east is from the west. This disapproval or shame is gone. This this disobedience is in the past. Why today? 
because they had reinstated the covenant of circumcision. It was an act of obedience to his covenant, and their disobedience in not circumcising during the wilderness time had caused a reproach. So let's take note. Number one, we have a cutting away, and that's through the circumcision. And number two, we have a rolling away, and that's the rolling away of the reproach. Why was circumcision so important, and why now? I mean, they were facing a very intimidating army and enemy. They were literally a stone's throw away. They had just crossed the Jordan River on dry ground, which that was pretty amazing. They had built two huge memorials out of stones, one in Gilgal and one in the riverbed. And there was a lot going on, and a lot of people. They were on the cusp of reaching their goal. They had actually literally just crossed into enemy land. So what was the hurry? What was the urgency? Why now? They must have been a little bit preoccupied and felt a little bit um, not ready to have surgery with a homemade flint knife. So why now? Because way back in Exodus 13.5, God had already declared that they would keep the Passover celebration whenever the Lord brought them into the land of the enemy, and that was now. And in Exodus 12.48, it states that no uncircumcised person could participate in the Passover. So you see that the timing is very crucial. The circumcision had to happen first, and it had to happen now, because it was in preparation for the next thing, the Passover. Let's read verses 10 through 12. It says, Now the children of Israel camped in Gilgal and kept the Passover on the 14th day of the month at twilight on the plains of Jericho. And they ate of the produce of the land on the day after the Passover, unleavened bread and parched grain on the very same day. Then the manna ceased on the day after they had eaten the produce of the land. And the children of Israel no longer had manna, but they ate the food of the land of Canaan that year. Passover is an annual reminder of their escape from slavery, a reminder of when God passed over their homes and spared their firstborn children um, because of the blood of the doorframe. In Exodus 12, God says, And when I see the blood, I will pass over you, and the plague shall not be on you to destroy you when I strike the land of Egypt. So this day shall be to you a memorial and you shall keep it as a feast to the Lord throughout your generations, an everlasting ordinance. So now we have the cutting away of the flesh and the circumcision. We have the rolling away of the reproach. And we have the passing over to celebrate and remember. Our last few verses here are 13 through 15. It says, It came to pass when Joshua was by Jericho, that he lifted his eyes and looked. And behold, a man stood opposite him with his sword drawn in his hand. And Joshua went to him and said to him, Are you for us or for our adversaries? So he said, No, but as commander of the army of the Lord, I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face to the earth and worshipped and said to him, What does my Lord say to his servant? Then the commander of the Lord's army said to Joshua, Take your sandal off your foot, for the place where you stand is holy. And Joshua did so. So here at the end of our chapter, God reveals himself yet again. Here's another big reminder that he promised to go with them on this journey from the very start and that he was still there. The Israelites now face Jericho. It had to be overwhelmingly intimidating. God knows that we are just human 
and he must have known that Joshua needed a boost. He needed a reminder of the power of the very name of God, which he had declared way back at the beginning of the journey, I am who I am. And interestingly, Joshua immediately went human. The first thing he says is, hey, are you on my side or theirs? I want to know. And the commander just cuts him off and says, I am the commander of the army of the Lord. I have now come. And Joshua fell on his face and worshiped. The commander kind of put things in perspective. When we're facing our biggest challenges, we usually need things to be put in perspective. We need to be reminded of who's in charge and that this is not our battle. We need to be brought back to the place of worship and falling on our faces and that place of being on that holy ground. Joshua needed that commander to show up. He needed reminded of God's presence, of God's power, God's plan, and God's promises. God had already promised them victory. They just needed to be reminded. So we have, number one, the cutting away of the flesh, which is the circumcision. We have the rolling away of the reproach. We have the passing over to celebrate and remember. And now we have the falling down to worship. Now, as amazing of a story as this is, what really caught my attention when I read Joshua 5 was how God showed up in an even more important way, by presenting the gospel story. Let's go back to our four points. We have the cutting away, the circumcision of our hearts. The New Testament applies the cutting away to our hearts instead of the physical body. Romans 2, 28 and 29 say, For he is not a Jew who is one outwardly, nor is circumcision that which is outward in the flesh. But he is a Jew who is one inwardly, and circumcision is that of the heart, in the spirit, not in the letter, whose praise is not from men, but from God. What does this mean? Well, basically, instead of the Old Testament command to physically circumcise every Jewish male, the New Testament, because of the fact that there were now Gentiles among the believers, changed it to referring to the cutting away of sin in our hearts. Romans 2 emphasizes the fact that it's no longer about the outward flesh, but of the heart condition. It's about things that hinder us from a relationship with God, like even refusing God, or just something that might hinder our walk with the Lord. Sometimes we need to cut something away in our lives that stands in the way of spiritual growth, or of just maybe being someone who correctly represents Christ. So how do we do this, or determine what needs cut away? Well, Hebrews 4.12 says that for the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the division of souls and spirit and of joint and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. We use scripture to guide us and help discern how we are to live our lives. As believers, as people with circumcised hearts, repentant hearts, we also should be set apart. We should look different. He wants us to come to him in that state of repentance and begin a relationship with him as his covenant people, his special people. So a circumcised heart is a heart for God. The old ways, the old flesh, have been cut away. Our second point was the rolling away, right? So we discussed this rolling away of the reproach of Egypt at this place called Gilgal after the circumcision. And Gilgal literally means rolling and just like God said to the Israelites, today I have rolled away your reproach. 
So again, at the price of his only son, the death of the Passover lamb, God made that same declaration to us when we circumcise our flesh and accept him as our savior. Today, I have rolled away your reproach. From the moment that stone rolled away from the empty tomb, it was like Gilgal, that rolling. Today, I have rolled it away, sent it packing, gotten rid of it as far as the east is from the west. Your sin, it's rolled away. Jesus took on our reproach. He took on our blame and our disgrace and our disobedience and our sin and our bondage. After the circumcising of our heart, the softening, the acceptance of being one with God's special people, our sin is rolled away. And this leads us right into number three. It's all because we're covered with the blood of the Passover lamb. Just as with Passover celebration in the Old Testament, reminding them that God passed over and spared their homes from death, we are reminded that God's judgment passes over us as we are covered by the blood of Jesus and that we are given eternal life through him. And lastly, number four, the falling down in worship. Just like when Joshua came face to face with the commander of the army of the Lord, we too can experience that very worship in our lives now and when we get to heaven. We can look forward to that because we will be worshiping on our face when we see him. But until then, we need reminded, just like Joshua did, that God is with us. But there's one more part to this story. When God is involved, there is most often action required. When the Israelites were healed and the celebration was over, we still see, and, or we will see in Joshua 6, next time we get together, that there was a definite action required. That chapter is going to be about... Um, Joshua in the Battle of Jericho, for lack of, yeah, we can all sing the song, but. Um, so there was definite action required, and that action even made them feel a little bit silly, I'm sure. And when it comes to the gospel story, there is action required as well. We need to respond. What God told Joshua was, this day, today, I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt from you. Today. When we first moved to Uganda in Africa a few years back, we had a guard. Um, any foreigner would have a guard to protect them. And we can, this guy and I communicated through our kitchen window screen. If he needed something, he would come to my window and he would call for me and I would come. So not long after we had arrived, my husband went on a trip to another country for a while. And so the kids and I were there. And um, one day the guard came to my window and he said he needed to go on an errand to uh, put his name to sign up for a waiting list for um, free circumcision. How many people in the room actually have a circumcision story? Because I do. (laughs) And it's much longer than this, but I will spare you all the nice details. We will keep it clean. So he came, he said, I need to go sign up. They're giving free circumcision, and I'm going to put my name on the list. I said, okay. And I had seen posters around the community where they were advertising for free circumcision um, with the motivation that if they got circumcised, they wouldn't get AIDS. And so a lot of people were going and getting circumcised as full-grown men. So he went to sign up, and I didn't think much else about it. 
Um, and I really think it's funny that all this happens whenever my husband was gone. So I had to have all these conversations with him. <laughs> um, so several hours later, the kids and I are sitting down to eat dinner. And he comes back to the window. I hear him out there. And I go over. And um, our conversation goes something like this. Hi, Richard. They cut me. <laughs> I'm all, they cut you? Yes. I'm all, now? Yes. Today? Yes, today. I thought you were just putting your name on a list. Me too, but they cut me. I'm all, they cut you today. He's like, yes, today. The conversation went on. What does this story have to do with our circumcision story? That God said today. Today I've rolled away your reproach. He doesn't want us to put our name on a waiting list. He wants to deal with our hearts today. He wants to send our disobedience rolling away today. He wants to cover us in his blood today. He wants us to fall on our faces in worship today. And he doesn't want us to come for a wrong reason. Don't get circumcised because you think you won't get AIDS, so to speak. Don't get saved. Don't accept Christ just so you won't go to hell. He wants a relationship with us. If you already have a relationship and he's calling you to come today for another reason, then let it be out of love and a desire to draw closer. 2 Corinthians 6.2 says, Today is the day of salvation. He wants to cut away the old flesh. He wants to roll away our disobedience. He wants to pass over with his blood, and he wants us to fall down and worship. If you have not yet asked Jesus into your heart and let him know that you want a relationship with him, I encourage you to let today be the day. Don't put your name on a waiting list. He's already waiting for you today. If this is you and you want today to be your day of salvation, I'm going to pray a prayer that you can repeat in your heart. And if you do so, please let someone know so we can encourage you in this journey. So let's pray. And if you are a believer, I just ask that you would pray that anyone online or anyone else anywhere else that hears this message, that their heart would be touched. And that's um, kind of the reason why I'm doing this would be for, for that. So... Or anyone here, obviously, also. But um, So let's pray. Dear God, thank you that you offer me salvation. Thank you that you offer Jesus as that Passover lamb. I accept him as a sacrifice for my sin. Please forgive me for my disobedience to you. I want to live for you. I want to cut away the old life and have my sins rolled away. Please come into my life and change me. Please fill me with your spirit and make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. You are welcome to go to your tables and have your small groups. Exactly. Oh, and the best part was the next three days following that conversation. So they wouldn't stop working, and then, you know, then finally he comes, like the third day, he's like, my bandage won't stay on, I need to go lay down where I can air out, like, <laughs> and then I had to drive him home. Oh, thank you. If you want to just... For this part? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, it, it, 
if you want to just because if we're too far apart, they won't hear us. Should we scoot the chairs? No, no, I'm or not saying apart us. I mean oh. apart from the mic. Oh, but the way okay. you have it is fine. Okay. Because you've got it moved around. So if you want to do that, that's that's good. So we just um, is this too far? You think too for me? I think it is. Yeah. So we don't. They'll, they'll turn it down. They'll turn the house light. We're not really looking at it. Having a conversation, right? Yeah. Is, is that Put so it down a little, just so I can see uh, Izzy. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Okay. They're gonna turn. Turn that. They'll tell us when to go. On, yeah, is mine on? Softer, it seems like. I've never done one of these before. <laughs> I haven't either. So. <laughs> I'm like, I have to do what? They just told me, like, I just asked the question and then you guys talk. Okay. Yeah. Feel I have free. no, I, she sent me the question. So. Oh, that's good. Yeah. I know yeah. I was supposed to do it yesterday and I totally forgot. And I was like, yeah, okay. give him the question. Are we live right now? I know. <laughs> just keep smiling. <laughs> yes. Well, we welcome our online audience, and while everyone else is doing their small group time, we are going to have a discussion up here and talk, discuss some of the questions um, about our uh, study tonight on Joshua 5. So, I guess, should I just go ahead? Yeah. My first question for you guys is, how important do you think it was that the commander showed up then and there? And how do you think it impacted Joshua? Um, so first off, thank you so much, Kara, for your study. It was <laughs> such a blessing. Um, but to answer your question, I think it just meant so much to Joshua to have the commander of the Lord's army there because it reassured him of the Lord's presence. And, you know, I'm sure I could just, um, I've had the blessing of being able to go to Israel before and I, all this comes to life just even talking through it. But, you know, just him just looking over into Jericho, I'm sure he was filled with fear. And, um, you know, when the commander of the Lord's army went to him and, and, you know, he just was reminded that that the Lord was with him and that he was his commander. Even, even though he was a commander, Joshua, of the children of Israel, the Lord was, was his commander and he was on the winning team. 
And so just, you know, thinking through that question, I'm reminded of uh, Romans 8, 31, where it says, if God is for us, who can be against us? And just, you know, he was reminded that he was on God's team, the winning team. And so I'm sure that filled him with a lot of peace and encouragement and having to step out and go and claim and fight for that land. So, yeah. Awesome. I think uh, with our study, Live Fearlessly, a lot of people are gripped with fear. And yet to know that, I mean, Joshua was a new commander. He was a warrior, but he was a new commander. And he was commanding the nation of Israel. He was a young leader. And this was all new to him. And I bet he felt alone and I, he felt fearful. And yet the Lord shows up right when he, he was getting ready. He was still preparing to enter into battle. And I think... Uh, our takeaway is that whatever battles we face, if we are obeying the Lord mm -hmm. and walking in His ways and, and doing what He desires, He is going to help us in those mm -hmm. battles. Um, and it's, it's the very first battle that's coming, and there were so many things leading up to mm -hmm. this very day. They hadn't really fought the the enemies on mm -hmm. the enemy territory yet. So um, just that reassurance knowing that the commander of the Lord's army showed up. I know I had shared that in my mm -hmm. first study and I did apologize for the spoiler <laughs> alert. And here we are now in, in Joshua chapter five. So it is so exciting that mm -hmm. the Lord is with us wherever mm -hmm. we go. And mm -hmm. as we face battles and trials and tribulations and times when we're fearful, mm -hmm the Lord is going to show up and he's going to reinforce the promises that we know to be true. Mm. He's going to even call in the extra uh, warriors to help mm. us. It might be through a friend. It might be through just even a spiritual battle in which we can't see, mm. but we know that he is on our side mm. and one with the Lord is a majority. So mm. um, just a great reminder that mm. we're on the winning team. And I just felt like also like throughout their journey, God had been showing up all along, uh, but in different ways, you know, like an angel or like I said, like he sent confusion or he sent a fire or he sent a cloud or whatever, different ways that he did show up for them. But it was almost like the commander was saying, okay, enough of the little stuff. I have come, you know, like yes. he was, it was, it was definitely felt like a declaration of like, this is oh, yeah. the next level. Yeah. So you're faced with a huge challenge. And so now I've showed up for you, yes. shown up for you. So I thought that was quite, I could just imagine the power behind um, him coming, but also just behind his words. And also the fact that Joshua asks him, what's the message that you bring? And there really never was a message other than take off your shoes. This is holy ground worship. and just worship, you yeah. know. And so it wasn't like he was sent to say something or to give a direction other than bow down. Right. Mm -hmm. This is it. This is it. Yeah. Having that heart of worship. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's amazing to see how it was just the Lord's presence that Joshua had and that's all he needed. And, you know, as believers, we have his presence in our hearts and that's, all we need, you know, his presence is with us all the time. So, um, yeah. and I think that when we, when we do worship the Lord and when we know that the Lord is with us, mm -hmm. we have a supernatural power mm -hmm. that we can walk in those dangerous areas, those places of uncertainty, those mm -hmm. battles. 
sometimes we, we battle things we can't see. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think of, um, you know, there's weapons formed against us in the spiritual realm. I think I shared that last time. But to know that the Lord is on our side mm -hmm. brings such reassurance. Even if we can't see it, mm -hmm. we can read this chapter and, and feel strengthened mm -hmm. if we're really struggling with fear. And we have to remember those places um, of victory. We, we need to remember who we are in Christ. Mm -hmm. um, even in Ephesians 1 through 3, it, it talks about that we've been blessed with every spiritual blessing in, in um, heavenly places. Mm -hmm. And so we, we sometimes forget who we are. We sometimes forget the victory that we have when the Lord is with us. So mm -hmm. help us to, to remember that and to walk in victory and not cower from any battles that we face or we might face. Um, because the enemy is going to continue to throw those spiritual mm -hmm. battles at us if it works. Mm -hmm. He wants to defeat us and destroy us. He wants us to not walk in victory. And mm -hmm. so reading this chapter, um, it just gives such hope and such courage. Mm -hmm. And then one last thing I just really liked was... Um, you know, and you touched on it too in your study on how his response was falling down in worship oh. and how that created just the right perspective for him. You know, I'm, I'm sure, you know, seeing God and your enemies don't seem as big as maybe they once did, you know, just a few min moments before that and how important it is for us, you know, when those trials do come, those battles do come, that we have that heart of worship because I know mm -hmm. for me it's helped, you know, when I've come to those times when I just choose to worship and I see God on the throne and I see him, you know, he's the Lord of hosts, you know, Lord of armies. And that just brings so much peace and knowing that, you know what, this battle's not as big as, as the enemy wants me to think it That's is. That's right. So, in our mind. Sometimes yeah. you can blow it up when oh, yeah. actually, according to God, it's, it's very small. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah, I forget what the passage is, but it says, um, uh, I, this, they, we, there's a song, this is how I fight my battles, oh, yeah. um, bring praise in the time of um, mourning, or I forgot mm -hmm. what that passage is, but I know, I just thought of that right now. So. <laughs> it puts everything in perspective, mm -hmm. you know, even when you're just having a cruddy day and you turn on, on that worship music and you let it wash over you, it just changes everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it just puts it in perspective yeah please. so that's what's important mm -hmm. okay so then we had mentioned in hebrew we had mentioned hebrews 4 12 about the um sword scripture being a sword mm -hmm. uh, which discerns the intents of our hearts what does this look like practically in everyday life um so practically i think you know if like in hebrews 4 12 you know his word is is a um you know sword and it's living and powerful then you know we're to be in the word practically we're to be reading it and and um you know i love some psalm 119 how it says you know your word i've hidden in in my heart that i might not sin against you and it's god's word that will you know cleanse us and purify us and even though it's not always easy and it's humbling sometimes you know when those things are brought to the surface i that makes us more like him and um it's a cleansing part of the sanctifying process of walking with him I think in looking to the nation of Israel here, when they know that lots of battles are happening, they, they were prepared. They have mm -hmm. their sword. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes as Christians, we don't realize we're in a spiritual battle. 
or we may be ignorant of it and mm -hmm. we, we um, aren't battle ready. We're not, we don't have our sword out, but if we are in the word every day, mm -hmm. our sword is really in our heart mm -hmm. and we're able to use it. The Holy Spirit brings it up right when we need it. Mm -hmm. And so it, it needs to always be on us. We mm -hmm. need to always be vigilant mm -hmm. and always be watching and being aware of the battles that we face. And then recognizing when there is opposition, it's probably a battle. Mm -hmm. And so we need to fight it with the Word of God and knowing the Word of God, hiding it in our heart mm -hmm. so that exactly when we need it, then we have it and we're mm -hmm. able to have victory and we're able to use it every day. Mm -hmm. And the example of the commander of the army of the Lord, he even had his sword drawn. Mm -hmm. And he just is a perfect example for us even as he goes into battle or as he was there representing, he was a good example of just having that ready to use that exactly. sort of the of scripture you know i wonder if joshua felt just immediate fear when he sees this warrior mm -hmm. with his his sword drawn and ready mm -hmm. and and then when he realized who it was he he submitted his his life to him mm -hmm. and he bowed down and worshiped mm -hmm. but i bet that picture was an example for joshua mm -hmm and for all of the other warriors that they had to be ready mm -hmm. and have their sword drawn. Mm -hmm. And even though it was very terrifying to him, he, he said, let's just get this question out of the way. Are you a friend or foe? And basically he said, um, no, but I'm, I'm here now. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm the commander of the Lord's army. So again, that sword, always having it in your hand, in your heart, ready, always be, um, pouring over the word. That's why I love the one-year Bible so much. We, in fact, a couple days ago, we're in Ephesians chapter 6, talking about the whole armor of God, putting it on every day so that you can stand against the schemes of the devil, having done all the stand. So these warriors in Joshua's time here in Josh, the book of Joshua, they were ready. They actually would put on all of these uh, parts of the armor. And, um, and I love that the fact that in the, the one-year Bible, we have a portion of the Old Testament, a portion of the New Testament, a psalm, and then a small portion of Proverbs every day. So it's like this balanced meal of the Word of God. And you, I, the Lord uses it every day in my heart and in my mm -hmm. life. I'm able to, you know, chew on it and prepare, sometimes share it with others. Mm -hmm. And so the Word is just the most amazing thing and mm -hmm. I think we need to devour it mm -hmm. um, and if you don't have a hunger for the word or maybe you don't understand the word you know as Tara brought up this opportunity to accept the Lord when we accept the Lord he gives the Holy Spirit to mm -hmm. live inside of us and the Holy Spirit is our teacher and our helper mm -hmm. and this is talking about the Word of God because you're going to read parts of the Word and you're not going to understand. But the, it says that the Holy Spirit will give you understanding, give you discernment for what it means. Mm. So it's it's a, that natural step. After you accept the Lord into your heart, He gives the Holy Spirit mm. and then He wants us to learn to walk. And that's through the Word. That's through the sword. That's mm. exactly in Hebrews that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And to piggyback on that, um, I had remembered uh, 2 Peter 2, 3. It says, As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by glory and virtue. And just how the Lord is going to be faithful to meet us where we are as we're seeking him and, um, and his word, especially nowadays as believers. I think it's so important to have his truth in our hearts when there's so much 
so many false things being thrown out there and we need to be able to know where we're standing on and, and uh, stand confidently in, in his truth. And um, You know, you were talking about your first point of cutting away. And I think that was talking about circumcision. But as we also read the word of God, mm -hmm. something happens in our heart. And if the Lord is saying, you need to cut that away or you need to, to deal with that sin, mm -hmm. the word as we read it, we're like, wow, like, something resonated in my heart and it's the word it's powerful and that's why we hide it in our heart that's why we memorize it that's why we teach it to our kids it is so vital mm -hmm. because when all craziness breaks loose and we don't know what is truth and what's not truth what's going on in the world we know that the word of God is truth and mm -hmm. we can trust it completely mm -hmm. it's the straight stick to set everything crooked beside, right? That's right, that's right. <laughs> and also, it's just not, it doesn't happen just by reading it one time. It's the consistency and the persevering and continuing to read, even when you may not understand, um, because there are times whenever that verse will come back to you, or you may um, read it for the 20th time, and all of a sudden, it's exactly what you needed to hear. And God uses that. Um, and it becomes familiar, and it does get tucked away in your heart. Even if you think that you may not know what it means, God still uses it. And that's just the incredible part about Scripture. And that's part of what it means What it's living, mm -hmm. is that it, um, yeah, it, it shapes itself to what we need. And God uses it as something that's um, moldable to be appropriate when we need it. And I just think that's beautiful and, and such a gift mm -hmm. um, from Scripture that we have. So. Mm -hmm. So our third question is, why is it so vital that today is the day of salvation and not waiting? Well, Proverbs 27.1 says, you know, to not boast about tomorrow because it may not come. And, you know, we're not promised another day. You mentioned at the end of your study, you know, today is the day of salvation. And, you know, that I think the enemy wants to work in us to distract us from that to, oh, tomorrow or after this or one more of that. You know, he wants to put those lies in our head to stop us from, you know, taking that step of faith of allowing the Lord into our lives because it's just so much more beautiful living with him yes. and, and just that peace and, and knowing that no matter what happens, you know, his presence is in you and you started that journey, you know, mm -hmm. of being with him for, for eternity. So yeah, don't wait another day. <laughs> Do it today. <laughs> I think sometimes uh, we become procrastinators mm -hmm. and we're like, oh, if I get my life on, on track, then it'll be better. And I'll understand more, or if I could just do this. And, and the Lord's not saying clean up and, and be perfectly living a perfect life mm -hmm. before you come to me. He says, come now just as you are. Mm -hmm. and, and it says that he's the one that's going to give us rest. He's the one that's going to uh, work in us uh, the things that need to be changed. And mm -hmm. so um, today, I mean, we don't know. The, the streets are crazy. There's, mm -hmm. you know, people get sick every day. And mm -hmm. with, with COVID around, you know, there are those times that you're just like, wow, tomorrow's not promised to anyone. Mm -hmm. um, and we need to um, yield to that prompting of the Lord mm -hmm. and, and not wait anymore because um, it's God that divinely has allowed us to 
be in this place to listen to this study. Maybe it's today, tonight, or it could be another time. And there's no reason to wait. Mm -hmm. So I remember when I um, heard the gospel really for the first time. I mean, I was raised Catholic, and you're, you're trained in tradition and... Mm -hmm. Um, but I didn't really hear that Jesus was the only way, the truth, and the life. And mm -hmm. I remember um, I had met Lance at a gas station when I was uh, in college. I was 18, and he had taken me to a concert at uh, Big Calvary in Costa Mesa. Mm -hmm. And I remember um, the pastor was talking about tomorrow's not promised to anyone. And mm -hmm. if you were to die tonight, do you know what would happen? And I remember thinking, no, I don't, I don't know what will happen. And he said, and if you don't know what will happen, I mean, it was like he was yeah. reading my mind. If you don't know what will happen, you know, today is the day of salvation. Mm -hmm. I just remember be barely before he finished, he invited everyone up there, and I just ran right up there and accepted the Lord. And mm -hmm. I just, it's never, um, I've never looked back. And it was such an amazing experience, the Lord coming into my heart, taking all the, the weight of sin it was all gone and, mm. and just uh, bringing that peace and that assurance. And so mm. I think the longer you wait and put it off, the harder it becomes. Mm -hmm. So that's why um, it was interesting. As you were talking about it, I was looking up uh, in the Bible, uh, 2 Corinthians uh, 6, 2, today's the day of salvation. Mm -hmm. And it was just um, that scripture and and just asking him to come into my heart and, and just never never mm -hmm. looking back and never being the same since. So mm -hmm. it, it's it's a miracle. Mm -hmm. And we're all work, walking miracles. You mm -hmm. know, nobody has it easier than anyone else. You know, life is difficult, and mm -hmm. especially life without Christ. So mm -hmm. I think it's so vital that we receive Christ, that we walk in his promises mm -hmm. and, and his his strengths and his obedience mm. um, and his his peace. Those are things that I want to walk in every day. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one thing people may, um, you know, not understand correctly is that they feel like giving their life to Christ is just going to be a lot of taking away. Mm -hmm. And that in reality, yeah, things do have to change. But um, I feel like there's so much given to us in our relationship with the Lord that it's far outweighs anything that you've given up because once you have exchanged it, you realize that those things you've given up weren't really even <laughs> worth having or that fun or very beneficial for you anyway. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, we're given, like you mentioned, peace and hope and just things that are actually valuable to our well-being and our spiritual life and obviously our eternal life. So um, it's definitely, definitely not a sacrifice um, as may be thought, but um, it's actually a gift and very much um, we're on the receiving end for right. sure. That's right. Absolutely. And I think it's easy too for people, you know, to think, oh, well, I'm not living a bad lifestyle. I'm doing okay. You know, I'm not doing that or I'm not like that person, you know, but that's another way like Satan will work and make you comfortable and you know, then you're going to miss out on all that God has for you. And not to say that being a Christian is easy, you know, as Joshua, spoiler alert again, <laughs> you know, he's going to have more battles to come and there's always more battles, but he has God's presence with him. And as believers, you know, there's going to be those battles. There's going to be those challenges. We live in a fallen world until we're in his presence, you know, we're not going to have a perfect life, but you know, we have his presence with us and that's really all we need, you know, to get through 
those difficult times. And so, yeah. Tara and I were talking a couple nights ago, and we were talking about the, as they were preparing to possess the land and taking on the battles that they were charged to be circumcised. And, and I, we talked about this last night, that it was in their weakness as they were healing that they were going to go into their first battle, which mm-hmm. we're go- going to talk about uh, actually in w- one month in mm-hmm. November, mm-hmm. November 3rd, November 2nd, I think so. whatever that uh, Wednesday is, because we'll take October off. So you have plenty of time to start working on uh, lesson five in our book on page, let me see, 121. Um, but it was in their weakness mm-hmm. that they were just about ready to fight battles. And mm. I, I think that's awesome because we're going to see that how God will give them the glory. If their hearts are right, if mm. they seek him before the battle, if there's a lot of ifs and there's so much to take away from this book of Joshua, but they obeyed and we're going to see that God will get the glory mm. because it wasn't in their strength that they won that battle, but it was in their weakness. And I think mm. if we feel weak, and we are facing a battle, we got to remember what are some of the steps that Joshua took mm-hmm. to win the battle. Mm. Number one, he was obedient to the mm. Lord. He, he led the people. He directed them. The, mm-hmm. the, ar- uh, the commander of the Lord's army shows up. So these are areas that will bring strength even mm. when you feel weak, even mm. when you are weak or you're healing. You know, we're, mm. we're all in a a process of healing. We've all got things to heal from. This was mm-hmm. a physical uh, wound that the men, the warriors were needing to heal from. But but there's, there's spiritual wounds. There's emotional wounds. Mm-hmm. There's um, all kinds of wounds that I think we all walk through. And just to know that the Lord is, is going to arm us with strength that we mm-hmm. need, even in our weakness. We don't, the whole point is we're, we're not to look to ourselves when we're in battle, we need to look to the Lord. And when mm. we, we look to the Lord in these battles, he'll never disappoint us. Mm. He'll show up. He will strengthen and call in those reinforcements. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. I love that. It reminded me of um, one of the points I underlined in the chapter was that on that note, it said it's um, the circumcision, it's, it symbolized the weakness and almost death, as it were, of everything that man can be in order that the possession of the land should be given to them unmistakably unmistakably in the sovereign grace of God. And that reminded me of Zechariah um, 4, 6, you know, not by might nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord. And, you know, I know I'm guilty of wanting to always do things on my own strength, wanting to, you know, fix things or, or whatever that may be. But it's such a relief knowing that, you know what, the Lord's going to do the work. And I just have to be obedient and what he's putting in front of me, and he's going to do the heavy lifting. And so it's just a a piece that that brings to us. It's great. I love those scriptures too. All right. Do you want to close this in prayer? Thank you, Lord, so much for giving us your word and how it's so applicable to our lives. Um, No matter um, where we're at or what season we're in, there's something for us. And we thank you for the example of Joshua and his obedience to you and his surrender to you and 
just how you came and were so personally involved in his life, God. We thank you for um, loving us, for giving us salvation, and for just um, being so generous with us, God. And we love you and pray that you would go before us, go before these words, your word, God, um, that it um, is always beneficial. And we just love you in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 And if you uh, accepted the Lord as Tara um, led us in that sinner's prayer, then call the church in the morning, uh, 714-446-6222. We'd love to send you a Bible. Tell them that you accepted the Lord and you love a Bible. And uh, we would love to come alongside you in your new journey.